making the classics readable, relevant, and fun. As two nerdy bookworms, we appreciate the role of classic lit, but we won't get too academic about it. We'll talk about the books we love and the books we loathe, and help stock your TBR pile with old and new reads for every literary taste. Today, we're toppling your TBRs with a list of our favorite fairy tale retellings. Hey, Chelsea. Hi, Sarah. You and I have talked about our love for retellings. And then (laughs) we went to make this outline and both realized we haven't read as many fairy tale retellings as either of us anticipated. Yeah, I'm aware of a lot of them, but I just haven't haven't read a ton. This was definitely one of my favorite genres when I was a kid, and we'll definitely talk about that. But I'm I'm excited to talk about these because they'll they'll be at the front of my mind again, I think. And I kind of feel like I'm living in a fairy tale world right now. It's so snowy where I live. (laughs) And every time that I take Penny for a walk on our trail or anything, I'm like, oh my goodness, I live in a magical snow globe. And I think it would be really fun to get some books on my more recent to-be-read list, like my priority TBR, that sort of fit the mood of this magical winter time. And I'm trying to lean into that sense of magic instead of complaining about it because it's also really cold. (laughs) Yeah, I I love that. (laughs) It has been warm here, so I don't have the same sense of magic right now, but we still are going to be toppling your TBRs. We're going to be talking about some of our favorites and some that we want to get to soon. But before we get into that, Chelsea, you mentioned that this was a genre you loved as a kid. Did you also just read fairy tales as a kid, like the the classic collections? Yeah, I did. I have pretty vivid memories, actually, of the collections of Grimm's fairy tales at my local library. I didn't usually check them out. They were actually just too big for me to carry home on my bike. <laughs> um, or they were in the reference section and you couldn't check them out. So I would sit in the air conditioning of the library and read fairy tales and look at the pictures. And I absolutely loved fairy tales. I loved writing fairy tales, like when I was writing assignments for school and was getting creative. And I loved any kind of movie or TV show or anything fairy tale related. I was all about it. And I know exactly which book it stemmed from. What about you, Sarah? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I read fairy tales. We had one of the, I think it might've been the Grimm's fairy tales, like the big chunky book. I very vividly remember the princess and the pea story and the illustration that was at the start of that story with the young girl like out in the rain knocking on the door of the castle. So I definitely read fairy tales. I was I loved Disney movies growing up, all of that. And I have written a couple papers in undergrad and graduate school about female archetypes and how we see those in fairy tales. And so I I took kind of a hard <laughs> turn as an adult into an academic interest in fairy tales, which might explain why I don't read as many retellings as I think I do, even though I've thought about these 
concepts a lot. That's so funny. Now that you mentioned that, I'm remembering that I was a German minor in college. And one of the classes that I took was German literature. And we read a bunch of Grimm's fairy tales in the original German and read some translations. And then one of our assignments was to compare at least one of the fairy tales across different cultural translations. And it was so much fun. And I think about that all the time as I'm picking up or not even picking up, but just looking at fairy tale retellings. And I think there are so many now that are from around the world or that highlight cultures other than the the Germans that those, those grim fairy tales do. And it's just a, a fun memory. And I, yeah, it is still really a mystery why I haven't been picking these up more because I still think fairy tales are so fun. They are. They are. And they're so, I mean, I think as a self-professed mythology girl, we <laughs> <laughs> we in academia and even in the, the classroom for, you know, pretty young kids, we talk about mythology and the hero's journey and the way we see that story play out, like you said, over and over again in literature throughout throughout the world. And in my women in literature class, we, we kind of looked at fairy tales as a heroine's journey, but not a part- one that it feels modern at all or <laughs> particularly desirable, but just this kind of construct. And you do see this in literature a lot of older classic Western literature that a woman's life begins, she kind of like goes into this period of waiting, which we see in so many fairy tales. Either she falls asleep or she goes to work in the house with seven dwarves. And then her life really begins when she meets her prince, but it also ends there. We never get to see beyond it. And I I find that so interesting because you think about books like Anna Karenina and Madame Bovary, and I wouldn't call them fairy tale retellings, but they have that same, like, this is the trajectory of a woman's life. And I I find that so interesting. I think fairy tales work their way into tons of literature, even the books that we wouldn't describe as retellings. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that if we thought about the books that we've read that have those fairy tale archetypes in them or that have fairy tale elements, we'd probably have a much heavier list of books that we've actually read. But fairy tale retellings specifically, where these books are taking a particular fairy tale from any culture, we have a whole host of worldwide fairy tales here to talk about today, but specifically retell a fairy tale so that it's got familiar characters and a familiar plot. I think that it's, it's different. So that's going to be fun for a future list of talking about books that have fairy tale tropes that maybe people haven't thought of at all. Totally. But let's get into these retellings with the book that started it all. I I think I know what you're going to oh, yeah. talk about. What is the book that started your love of fairy tales and retellings? 
I loved Ella Enchanted by Gail Carson Levine. And actually, I was looking at Ella Enchanted and then just clicked over to all of Gail Carson Levine's work. And I read a ton of her books and she wrote so many fairy tale retellings mm-hmm. and just fairy tale stories in general. Another one of my absolute favorites by her was The Two Princesses of Bamar. That's not a fairy tale retelling, but it was a fairy tale that she wrote and I loved it. Fairest was a Snow White retelling that she wrote. I loved that one. The Princess Test was another great one. She wrote so many fairy tale-esque books and fairy tale retellings, and I read a bunch of them as a kid, and I could not get enough. But Ella Enchanted definitely holds a special place in, in my heart because it was the one that started it all. It was so good. I think it still stands up pretty well, actually, on a reread. And it's delightful. I also recently, maybe in the last year, listened to the audiobook version of the prequel that she wrote. Oh, I didn't know there was a prequel. I think it's called Ogre Enchanted. I would have to look. Yeah, Ogre Enchanted. And it's, it's the prequel to Ella. And it is adorable. I thought it was such a fun listen. So... I still enjoy Gail Carson Levine's fairy tale retellings. Did you love Ella Enchanted as well? So much. I loved it so much. I should have grabbed my copy off my shelf, but I'll show you after we're recording. It's literally fallen apart. The pages are (laughs) in like two separate chunks and the cover is no longer attached, but I still have it all. Yeah, I I have actually been thinking about doing a, a reread of it. It's fun to sprinkle in some childhood favorites into our reading right now. But I did listen to the SSR podcast episode about Ella Enchanted fairly recently and loved revisiting it that way. If you haven't read Ella Enchanted, it's a great book to pick up even as an adult. It has a spunky but really kind and thoughtful heroine and Levine is so imaginative in how she reconstructs this tale and gives you all of the the things you want, but really her own kind of feminist spin. And I loved it so much. Did you have any other fairy tale retellings that you loved as a kid? I remember really loving and reading multiple times a book called Just Ella by Margaret Peterson Haddix. Did you read that one? I remember that one. Yeah, I remember that one. I was shocked when I looked this up and learned it was Margaret Peterson Haddix because she also wrote that book Running Out of Time, which was like one of my first YA or, you know, middle grade dystopian (laughs) books. And they just seem totally different. But just Ella is much darker than Ella Enchanted. It takes place after our sweet Cinderella gets married to the prince and he is not nearly as charming as she had hoped. And yeah, it's pretty dark. It might be like older middle grade than something like Ella Enchanted, but I remember reading that quite a few times as a kid. (laughs) How about you? Any others jump out at you? 
Shannon Hale has a few fairy tale retellings. The one that I specifically remember is The Goose Girl. I thought that that retelling was really sweet. And I think that she has a series out called The Princess Academy, which I've been meaning to maybe listen to on audio for just like a comfort read. I like to do middle grade or elementary age books on audio. I just think that those are fun, like you said, to sprinkle into your reading life. So Shannon Hale has quite a few, but The Goose Girl. I remember I remember a really pretty illustrated cover as well. I wonder if it has the same cover as when I was little. That's a huge bummer about Ella Enchanted. The new cover oh, is not as sweet. I like the old one. Me too. I don't know if I read The Goose Girl, but is Shannon Hale the same woman who wrote the Jane Austen yeah. book? What is it called? <laughs> what is that called? Uh, is it Austin Land? Is that the Austin one that she Land? Did? Yes, I think she's done a couple of other Austin books too. So she is a retelling aficionado, I would say. Yeah, I think so. I love that. All right, so those are a couple of our childhood favorites. We've split the rest of this episode up into young adult fairy tale retellings, of which there are so so many. But the ones that we'll talk about, we've either read or have heard really good things about and want to read. And then later we'll talk about some adult fairy tale retellings. Yeah, I am really curious to hear you talk about Cinder and the books in the Marissa Meyer series. I have contemplated picking these up so many times. They sound fascinating. My students have always recommended them to me. And I just... I just haven't. So tell us about Cinder. Yeah, I got a lot of mileage out of the Lunar Chronicles series when I was recommending books to high school students. It's a fast-paced series, and the fun part is that each book in, I think there are four, and then there are a couple of novellas or prequels, but each book focuses on a different fairy tale, but the fairy tale characters come together and team up in different partnerships and get to know one another. And so there's this sort of ragtag band of misfits feeling to the series. I haven't watched very much of the show Firefly, but I know that it is like a a space story and that it's got a lot of witty back and forth dialogue. It's one of my husband's favorite TV shows. Based on what I've read in the Lunar Chronicles, it's like a fairy tale version of Firefly. Okay, well, I'm obsessed with Firefly, and (laughs) I've been trying to get my husband to watch it forever, and so I think Curtis and I might have to discuss Firefly at some point. That's so funny. Maybe we'll all have to watch it, because I haven't watched it, and neither has Miles. Maybe we'll all have to have a little Firefly (laughs) watching club. (laughs) I'm in. Well, you completely sold me on Cinder with that. (laughs) Oh, good. So Cinder, I will say, isn't the space part. You have to get to the second or third one. I forget which one where they're actually in space and it's more like Firefly. But Cinder is really fun. I think Cinderella retellings are just delightful. And there are so many, which I think makes it fun because I'm always curious to see what each author is going to do differently. So Cinder is a cyborg. She's a gifted mechanic. There is this magic that has to do with glamour. 
And I think that you've read other books that have to do deal with glamour magic. And so it's fun to see how this one is dealt with. And Prince Kai is a really great character in and of himself. And just the, the way that this sort of futuristic space world comes to life is really fun. And yeah, I really like the whole series. I actually haven't read the last one, Winter, I think it is. I've read the first three, really enjoyed them. I think that I would like to reread them and then get to the fourth book because it's been quite a while since I've picked up Cinder. But it's really fun when you just need a fun YA read. It's also really good on audio. So that might be the way to go for you. That sounds fantastic. All right. One that I read last year, and it was one of my favorite books that I read last year, was Girl Serpent Thorn by Melissa Basher Deust. I loved this so much. And it's been all over Instagram because it has such a pretty cover. It's like a white cover with pink flowers and like a snake. There are a lot of snakes on books in the last couple of years. This one fits (laughs) that pattern. But this is a retelling of a Persian fairy tale. It's about a poison princess. Her name is Soraya, and she is locked away in a tower for her whole life because she is poisoned to the touch. And at first I was getting Lady of Shalott vibes. I was like, oh, she's probably not poisoned to the touch and we're going to find out that's going to be the big reveal. But she is. We learned that really quickly. And I liked that Basher Deuced told us that right away because <laughs> I would have been wondering the whole time. And she's lonely. I mean, she she doesn't get to touch or hug anybody she loves and she wants answers. And so early in the book, her brother, who is king or going to be a king, um, he captures a demon when they are attacked by this demon on their voyage home from a from a trip to survey the kingdom and Soraya knows that she was cursed by a demon not necessarily this particular one but she hopes that this demon has answers and that sets us up for the story that unfolds there is a wonderful romance that I did not see coming. I loved it so much. There is really special magic and interesting cultural things that I wasn't aware of. And I I loved it. I was completely swept up in this. Um, And I, that made me want to read and I haven't yet, but I plan to Basher Deuce's first book, Girls Made of Snow and Glass, which is a Snow White retelling. So I'm very excited to pick pick that one up because her writing was just so sweeping and delightful. So that's Girl Serpent Thorn by Melissa Basher Deuced. I'm excited about that one. I have it in my Libro FMQ, but fantasy doesn't always work for me on audio. So I think maybe I need to get that one from the library. It sounds really, really good. It's great. I have another Cinderella retelling, and this one I did read, and I listened to it on audio and was just completely transfixed. I wasn't expecting to love this one as much as I did. It is Stepsister by Jennifer Donnelly, and I loved it. And I think 
part of this description is going to be an automatic click again for you, Sarah, (laughs) because it starts out with a conversation and sort of competition between fate and chance. Mm. And in this very mythological Greek gods kind of way, fate and chance are interfering with Cinderella and her story throughout the book. And it's very cleverly done. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. And the other thing that I really liked about this retelling is it is set against the backdrop of the French Revolution, I believe. I would have to check, but it is much more rooted in historical fiction than other retellings. I'm just not remembering it as well because, like I said, I listened to it. I didn't have the dates and facts on paper in front of me. But it is about, instead of Cinderella... It is about Isabel, one of the ugly stepsisters, and it opens with the gruesome description of her cutting off her toes to fit into the glass slipper. And throughout the book, that is part of what she's grappling with is having her toes cut off and sort of having this expectation that she can't do everything the way that other people can. Um, And so I thought that that sort of disability rep was really great and well done. And the side characters are delightful. I just thought it was so completely clever. The themes were really apparent. I think it would be a good book club book. I just really, really liked it. And I need to start recommending it more because It's one that I certainly don't see on Bookstagram, but I thought it was just so well done and different from any retelling I had read. So that is Stepsister by Jennifer Donnelly. That does sound really good. I like a darker fairy tale retelling, I think. I mean, that's not surprising. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. But yes, this one is definitely leans darker. All right. Another one that I enjoyed was A Curse So Dark and Lonely by Bridget Kemmerer. And I found this one through the Currently Reading podcast. Meredith, one of the hosts of Currently Reading, she read and loved and recommended this book. And she is a huge fan of fairy tale retelling. So she's a great person to follow if you want even more of these. But this is a Beauty and the Beast retelling. And it's about Harper, who finds herself kidnapped and taken to another realm where there is a prince or maybe a monster who has to cycle through the same days of his life over and over, trying to get it right, trying to remain a prince and not veering into his monstrous side. It and and perhaps Harper is the person who can help him break this. I thought the world building and the the way she explains the magic and the curse is really well done. And speaking of disability representation, Harper has cerebral palsy and that's an important part of her character. It's just I think, very well done representation. And this book is really fun and magical. It's a little like YA angsty for my taste, but I still read the whole thing, put it in my classroom library, recommended it to a ton of students who fell in love. And 
I think the second book is out in the series and the third one is coming soon, I believe. So that is, if you need a world to get lost in for not just one, but several books, A Curse So Dark and Lonely by Bridget Kemmerer is a great place to start. Okay, three more young adults fairy tale retellings in quick succession here because these are the ones that I haven't read but that I would like to. One is Thorn by Intisar Kanani, and this is a Goose Girl retelling. So I am excited to revisit that fairy tale that I loved so much when I was a kid. And it sounds really good. It is. It follows the story of Goose Girl closely. And something that I thought was interesting is that... I think that it started as an online project or like an online story and then people wanted it published. And I'm always fascinated when books start out sort of crowdsourced or available for free online and people are hungry for more and then a publisher picks it up. So this one has kind of a unique publishing background. It has a gorgeous, gorgeous cover. It's so pretty. And so this is one that I think I I might want for my own shelf or definitely from the library so I can admire the pretty cover when I pick it up. But Thorn is a Goose Girl retelling. I also am really interested in House of Salt and Sorrows by Erin A. Craig, which is a retelling of the 12 Dancing Princesses, which for some reason was one of my favorite fairy tales as a kid, maybe because it's one that you don't hear a bunch or that wasn't redone by Disney. So it felt like you were kind of discovering something when you read that one in the Grimm's collection, but it is a dark retelling of 12 Dancing Princesses. So take note. That's a good dark fairy tale for you. (laughs) (laughs) And then one more that ends up on many fairy tale retelling lists. It's based on the 1001 Nights. It's The Wrath and the Dawn by Renee Ondi. And it sounds really good. I've heard from several readers that I trust that it is an excellent book, awesome retelling. It's the first in a series, and I've heard that the rest of the series is really good too. So that's The Wrath and the Dawn, which is a 1001 Nights retelling. House of Salt and Sorrows also has a pretty cover and also has kind of been on my radar for a while, but haven't picked it up yet. All right, let's get into some fairy tale retellings specifically written for adults, which of course are going to have quite a different tone and range than some of the the YA books. I think I've read more YA fairy tale retellings than I have adult But one that um, I read much too young and kind of want to revisit (laughs) is Confessions of an Ugly Stepsister by Gregory Maguire. He's most famous for writing Wicked, which is a very dark and weird retelling of The Wizard of Oz that is quite different from the musical, (laughs) if that's (laughs) the story you're familiar with. But I think I read Confessions of an Ugly Stepsister right around when it came out. So I would have been like 11 or 12, which was probably too young. I remember this being weird and dark and creepy, and I loved it. Like you were talking with Stepsister, this is told from the perspective of one of Cinderella's quote-unquote ugly stepsisters. And we learn that... Cinderella might not have been as kind and pure as we thought. And I really like that kind of retelling, like giving voice to a villain or or 
just a character who doesn't really get to say their own thoughts in one of these stories. I read this so long ago that I don't remember a ton of details about it, but but it's about um, a young woman named Margaret, and she is really supposed to be taking care of her older sister, Ruth, who is in so- has has a disability as well. And that's kind of Margaret's life. And then they have this beautiful stepsister, Clara, who's supposed to like save the family by marrying well. And um, it just it hits all of the points of Cinderella that you really want to see played out from a different perspective in a really interesting way. And it has that um, more realistic historical fiction feel that I think is a, a different way of going about. It's not sweeping like Girl Serpent Thorn or something like that. It's much more grounded in in history and reality. So I Gregory Maguire has written a bunch of fairy tale retellings. He also wrote a Snow White retelling, which was really weird. Have you read any of these? I think that I read maybe half of Wicked when I was way too young for it. Uh-huh. And I didn't hang in. <laughs> just no. Never got all the way through. And then I was like, mm, he might not be for me. <laughs> in his Snow White retelling, Mirror Mirror, the dwarves, I think, morph into like boulders at some point. And there's like some weird things with animals in many of his books. I don't know. I'm curious to revisit Confessions of an Ugly Stepsister, because I remember really liking that one and it feeling less weird, although quite dark, than some of the others. But listeners, if you have read any of these, remind me if that's true before I pick up this (laughs) chunky book. But that is Confessions of an Ugly Stepsister by Gregory Maguire. I think that this one, it's been sitting on my to-be-read shelf for a long time, but I was just talking about how much snow is on the ground here, and this really sounds like the perfect magical book to pick up. It is The Snow Child by Yoan Ivy, and Ivy was working in her local bookstore and found a copy of The Snow Child's fairy tale and flipped through and read it and then thought, oh my goodness, I can write a book about this. So this retelling takes place in Alaska in 1920, and it's brutal. It follows Jack and Mabel who are trying to homestead and set up for a really, really tough winter in this really brutal place to live. And they are really wanting a child, um, but they haven't been able to have one of their own. And they're sort of drifting apart under the stress of survival and under the stress of infertility. So that might be a trigger warning to throw out there. But in sort of a moment of lightness, when the snow is falling and they sort of are feeling happy, they build a kid out of snow and they have this little snow child in their yard. Then the next morning, the snow child is gone, but sort of in the trees at a distance, they see a little girl and the little girl just sort of seems to be a magical child that appeared out of nowhere. And so Jack and Mabel sort of struggle to understand what happened that brought this child into their life. This is this is not like a happy, sweet fairy tale, but it's also, I don't think it's 
dark and grim. It's sort of somewhere in the middle. It's more realistic retelling with a touch of magic. And so I've heard from many readers that it is beautiful. And I see a lot of five-star ratings from friends that I trust in their reading taste. So The Snow Child is definitely on my list. Hmm, Yeah, I have heard such great things about that. And I often get asked on my Instagram for read-alikes for The Snow Child. I haven't Mm -hmm. read The Snow Child, but the fact that people are often requesting similar ones just makes me think that it has a really special feel to it. And I would like to pick it up. One that is really high on my TBR list is Boy Snow Bird by Helen Oyeyemi. And I have read one of Helen Oyeyemi's books, Mr. Fox, and it was like mind-blowing. I mean, her writing is magical and lyrical and confusing, to be honest. Like these are books, I think, at least with Mr. Fox, and it sounds like many of her books, you have to go in trusting her to take you on this ride and knowing you're not going to feel settled into the plot for quite a while. You just have to kind of go with it. But Boy Snowbird is a Snow White retelling or loose Snow White retelling, also inspired by Nella Larson's passing. So we both probably have to pick this up at some point. I mean, I've seen Boy Snowbird. I actually had it on my shelf for a while because I think I found a copy at the thrift store and then I ended up giving it away again. But I had no idea that it was in part based on passing. Yeah. So I I don't think that that is on any of the publisher's blurbs, but in interviews, Oyeyemi has cited that as one of her inspirations for this book. So the plot of this sounds quite convoluted and hard to explain, but it is about a young girl named Boy Novak, and Boy's father is abusive, and they are living in um, a not very healthy or happy situation in New York in the 1950s, and Boy runs away, and it's kind of about Boy's adventures Adventures might be the wrong word. I think it's more muted than that. But the people Boy meets along the way, and there's a young girl named Snow who Boy is kind of enchanted by. And it it just sounds, I mean, having read one of her books before, I I get the sense that like going in and just letting her take you for the ride is the best way to go. But I mean, Snow White meets Passing. If that sounds appealing to you, I it sounds really appealing to me, and I can assure you that Oyeyemi's writing is spectacular. So that's Boy Snowbird. I'm really hoping to pick it up soon. The next book on my TBR list is Gods of Jade and Shadow by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. And this one, I've I've seen in some places that it's based on a folklore and then it's described as a fairy tale. So I feel like we can group it in with the fairy tales here, but it is a Mayan or Mexican folklore. That's what it's based on. But 
reads like a fairy tale. So we're going to go with it, (laughs) but it takes place in the jazz age. And, you know, I love some Harlem Renaissance books. I love jazz age era literature. I think that this just sounds like such a fun setting. And the main character is named Cassiopeia. And she is too busy cleaning the floors of her wealthy grandfather's house to listen to any jazz. But she dreams of getting out of her small Mexican town and sort of building a life that feels more like her own. And she finds a box in her grandfather's room. And when she opens it, the Mayan god of death pops out and says, hey, I need your help. And they go on an adventure. And this adventure is a cross-country sort of hero's journey where they end up in jungles and cities and the underworld. And so it sounds like there is, this is such a perfect mashup of fairy tale, folklore, mythology, and it sounds really good. And I am excited to pick it up at some point. So Gods of Jade and Shadow by Silvia Moreno-Garcia is pretty high on my list. All right. So two short story collections that are fairy tale retellings that I've enjoyed. I, I haven't read all of either of these, but I have read some of both of these. One is The Merry Spinster. Tales of Everyday Horror by Mallory Ortberg. This one has a great cover with like a mermaid on the on the front, but a sinister looking mermaid. And these are really looking at fairy tales. But like, what if they were horrific, which many of them are in their original forms. So I've really enjoyed the stories I've read from this. And then another is a collection. I haven't written down who the editor here is, but it's a an anthology with with tons of both famous and lesser known authors. It's called My Mother She Killed Me, My Father He Ate Me, and it's authors writing new fairy tales, which I think is so fun. So of course there are some like loose retellings or elements of fairy tales we love in here, but they're very modern and some of them are completely brand new. That's a really fun, fun collection and a good one. Not all of the stories are appropriate for the classroom, but some of them are and are really fun. In that vein, I've also really wanted to read The Changeling by Victor Laval. I love his writing. The Changeling sounds like it is that kind of not necessarily based on a fairy tale, but feels like a fairy tale and and uses that construct of, of the changeling child. I've heard great things about this one and it's a it's a novel, but that fresh modern fairy tale, the changeling. I have a couple of romance recommendations. There are a ton of fairy tale retellings in romance, and I don't just mean like the prince and princess live happily ever after. I mean, truly where they are taking the fairy tale and retelling it in a unique way. And one of those is in the Bridgerton series. It is the third book, An Offer from a Gentleman by Julia Quinn. And this is Benedict's book, if people have been watching the show. And it's a Cinderella retelling. He falls in love with a servant girl who is mistreated by her family sneaks off to a ball 
dresses in a beautiful gown and has a mask on, bumps into him. I forget what she drops, but it just totally follows the Cinderella pattern. And I really, really liked that book. I think that the Bridgerton books, like I'm, I think people could skip the first one if they're thinking about reading them. I've been telling people, skip the first one, just watch the show, but then read the next ones because they get better as they go in the series. And it was just renewed for a season two. I will be shocked if it's not renewed for season three. So season three will be Benedict's story if they're following the pattern of the books and it will be based on an offer from a gentleman. So I really liked that one, Cinderella retelling. And then a Beauty and the Beast retelling that I recommend all the time is The Duchess Deal by Tessa Dare. This is the book that when people ask me for a historical romance book and they've never read historical romance before, this is the one that I recommend. So The Duchess Deal is a Beauty and the Beast retelling set in Regency England. So that's Jane Austen times. And the Beauty and the Beast elements... It's it's not magical in any way, but there are just some really fun nods to the Beauty and the Beast story and some subtle interactions that you can pick up on. I think you could read The Duchess Deal and not even think that it's a Beauty and the Beast retelling, but when you know going into it that that's what it is, it's fun to pick up on all of the things. So The Duchess Deal by Tessa Dare is one of my favorite historical romances of all time, but it is also a really fun fairy tale retelling. I read The Duchess Deal at your recommendation, and I also loved it so much. And I just finished the second book in the Bridgerton series. So I, and and I agree, I read the first, I, I liked it, but I think you can totally skip it. And I'm excited to read An Offer from a Gentleman. I'm also going to throw out just one bonus pick, which is a classic, but I really think Jane Eyre counts as a fairy tale retelling. I think it's totally a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, but it Mm. has Cinderella elements. Of course, it has Bluebird's Castle elements. But to me, that classic really is a fairy tale retelling. And I'm sure we'll cover it in detail. But since we're a classics podcast, I figured I'd throw out one classic into this mix as well. Oh, that's really fun. I think that you could argue that The Blue Castle by L.M. Montgomery is a Cinderella retelling as well. I'm just thinking of all the classics now that I never made the connection that they could be fairy tale related. I love that Jane Eyre recommendation. Yeah, that was always a a fun way to to kind of get students on board (laughs) with reading Jane Eyre. But I really think I really think it is. And I think it kind of um, asks interesting questions about. Stockholm Syndrome and Beauty and the Beast Syndrome. And yeah, anyways, we'll do a deep dive on both the Blue Castle and Jane Eyre at some point and get more into that. But two bonus classic fairy tale retellings for you. Over the course of this episode, we mentioned several of these books that we've enjoyed on audio or that we just know are really good on audio. And so if you want to listen to some of them that way, we highly recommend a subscription to Libro FM where you can get a bunch of these books. And with our special code novel pairings, you can get two audiobooks for the price of one. So you could get two fairy tale retellings and listen to them in your Libro FM app. Oh, I think I'm going to get Stepsister and Cinder 
you really sold me on both of those. Those would be so fun to listen to sort of back to back as well and just see how completely different they are, but based on the same story. I think that would be so fun. So fun. Well, if you also want to add a couple audiobooks to your Libro queue, you can either click the link in our show notes or enter code novel pairings when you go to check out at Libro FM. Listeners, we really can't wait to hear your fairy tale retelling recommendations for us. Or if you loved any books that we mentioned today, or <laughs> if you pick up a title that we mentioned today based on our recommendation, we love to hear what you're reading. And the best way to tell us is by tagging us on Instagram at Novel Pairings Pod. And we also love to see when and where you're listening. So if you're listening to the podcast, just snap a quick picture, put it in your Instagram stories, and tag us. Let us know you're listening and let your friends know you're listening. And that really helps us spread the word about the show. So again, if you're not following us or tagging us on Instagram, we are at Novel Pairings Pod and we would love to see you there. Another thing that really helps us out as we stay in the podcast charts and find new listeners is if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Not just a rating, those are helpful, but if you actually go in and write a one or two sentence review, that is amazing and they really make us smile. We've had some really sweet ones lately and we greatly appreciate it. So follow us at Novel Pairings Pod, write a review on Apple Podcasts, and so much. Thank you to Michelle Timmons for her assistance on this episode and to Miles Eichner and Mark Anderson for our theme music. Next week, we'll be back with an episode on a fairy tale retelling The Bloody Chamber by Angela Carter. Until then, we declare after all, there is no enjoyment like reading. How much sooner one tires of anything than of a book. Mm-hmm.